Well, welcome to King's Arms Online Church today, from our home to yours. I'm Sue and I have the joy of leading the team responsible for our gathered, well, not so gathered in this season times together. And I'm Lauren. For those who know me, you're probably aware this isn't my usual residence. I've just moved in with Sue temporarily until this pandemic is over, just to shield some vulnerable people in my home. But if you don't know me, then hi, my name's Lauren. Nice to meet you of sorts. I'm employed here with King's Arms on staff just to help lead our youth group. So a massive shout out to King's Arms Youth if you're watching. You're amazing. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been loving us gathering online for the last season. It's been great to see what God's been doing in your homes. A little bit strange, but it's been amazing to hear the stories coming in of God encountering right there in your living rooms or wherever you're watching. Hearing stories of people opening their hearts to Jesus, uh, responding to the gospel, uh, hearing stories of people getting healed. I love that. No matter where we're meeting, he is still the same. And uh, just excited and expectant for what he's going to do with us as a community today. Um, just a few announcements before we start. Uh, this Sunday sees the beginning of our sign up for groups. You might be thinking, how do we do groups? <laughs> yes, that's right. It's going to look a little different. Uh, sign up is going to happen this coming week before next Sunday. If you are already in a group, do not worry. You don't need to sign up again. That carries on as is. You're automatically in that group and your leader will contact you. Secondly, we've got some new exciting groups starting. Check out the website to see what those are and if you want to kind of connect in that way. And then thirdly, you'll be aware of the kind of dropping groups that we've been providing in response to what's going on in society around us at the moment. Please do get connected in. It's great to be gathering smaller settings. I'm loving weekly Zoom calls with people who are like family to me, just to kind of have that touch point. And also another announcement is that we have launched our coffee and chat rooms to connect and catch up after the morning meetings. You can find the Zoom link below in the chat. If you are new to King's Arms and want to find out more or you simply want to connect with one of our teams, why don't you hop into the lounge after the morning service via the link. Another announcement is that if you want to give into our offering, you can click on the give button, which is somewhere on your screen. Um, and we are so thankful for all of you who have been so generous in this yeah. season. I love that we get to stand together and give in to building the kingdom of God in this season. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, why don't we just still our hearts as we hand over to Andy to lead us in a time of worship this morning. Welcome back. I'm really expectant of what God will do in our worship. I was drawn to Psalm 8 as I was preparing for this and just reminded again of how powerful our words are and how where it says in Psalm 8 that our praise silences the enemy. You know, we have real power in this season. There's power in our voices, there's power in our choices. To we can shift heaviness, change atmospheres with our praise. Fear can be gone. So as we worship him, why don't we just fix our eyes on him right now? Welcoming him into our homes. Yeah, we love you, Jesus. Thank you that you're always with us. Thank you that you are always with us, God. worship you today, Jesus. I raise a hallelujah 
in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me And I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is alive Oh, He's alive I'll raise a hallelujah With everything inside of me I'll raise a hallelujah I'll watch the darkness flee I'll raise a hallelujah In the middle of the mystery I'll raise a hallelujah Fear lost your hold on me And I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated the King is alive Oh, I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise And death is defeated The King is alive Sing a little louder, my weapon is 
King 
tears will come to your light And all the earth will shout your praise Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing Great are you will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Lord and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Oh, 
singing grace Fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and great are you, Lord. Yes, Jesus, thank you. You're great in love. You're great in mercy. Great in kindness, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for your presence with us, Jesus. Before I spoke a word you were singing over me You have been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You have been so, so kind to me And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine and I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Don't be overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God your foe still your love fought for me you have been so so good to me when I felt no worth you paid it all for me you been so, so kind to me And all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God Though it chases me down, fights till I'm found Leaves the ninety-nine and I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it 
Shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. No shadow, there's no shadow. After me, there's no one you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me, oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the night tonight. Stop chasing us. Your love is relentless. You're never giving up on us. Your love is relentless. Fear cannot survive in your love. Cause your love is relentless. Oh, fear cannot survive. There's no hole you won't kick down like 
circumstances are surrounding us we know that we can stand in the storm because your love is faithful and true and I pray for everyone watching today would they know that love in ever-increasing measure would you invade homes across our nation with your love today father we celebrate who you are we're so thankful that we are your children amen amen wow it's so good to worship God together as a family well, we would love to use these times gathered together on a Sunday just to pray into some different areas of our community that have been affected by all that's going on around us. Yeah, we're aware many of you are either self-employed or uh, run your own small businesses and aware that there's significant impact for you at this time. So we just wanted to create some space in today's meeting to be able to hear, hear a story um, and, and to take the time to pray for those of you that are struggling with the realities that are impacting you. And so earlier this week, I had the joy of catching up with my friend Phil who's my plumber, just to hear a little bit of his story and um, how this is affecting him and those that he's connecting with. So why don't we take a, time, a moment to listen to this now? Great, well, it's good to catch up with you tonight, Phil. Um, thanks for agreeing to chat. I thought it'd be great for us as a church to hear a little bit about what's going on for those in our community that are running small businesses and how this unique season is affecting them. Um, so why don't you maybe start us off uh, sharing a little bit about who you are, your family, and what your kind of profession is? Yeah, as you said, my name's Phil. I'm uh, married to my wife, Gemma. We've got two boys, Jamie and Leo. Jamie's three, Leo's uh, nearly one. Uh, I run my own business, uh, Plumbing and Heating, um, and I have an apprentice that works full-time for me as well. Um, in terms of kind of what things are like at the moment, the challenges, um, obviously anyone who works themselves or runs a small business, um, you know, ultimately the the pressure and the kind of uh sort of thing at the front of your mind is always ensuring you have enough business coming in bringing enough money in to cover cover your overheads cover sort of you know paying all the things you got to pay for um obviously with with everything going on at the moment i know from chatting to a lot of other people as well there's a, it, it makes it a very hard time you know people aren't spending money in the way they were before the, the kind of work opportunities aren't necessarily there as much as they were before. And, you know, when, you know, you run your own business, you may well be the sole earner of a family and, you know, relying to provide to, you know, cover the cost of everything. And it, it can make it 
a lot more of a stressful time um, sort of wondering kind of where where that's going to come from um, I think the the other kind of real challenge and sort of uh, thing that's real real at the moment is just the wisdom I am still working at the moment um, and the wisdom of you know staying safe making sure that actually the work that we do do you know is sort of you know, following guidelines and making sure that we're not putting ourselves or other people in unnecessary, um, unnecessary risk, really. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm aware there's so many different challenges that people are going to be facing, aren't they? With every business being different and some who aren't providing such key services as having water are going to have income issues and tough decisions about what they do about that and how do they provide for their families and it's brilliant what the government's providing but accessing that isn't always straightforward and so it's it's such an unknown time really isn't it in terms of how long is this going to last what's going to be the long-term impact i know we were chatting earlier about how we as christians can help businesses in the midst of that and i know you, you had some great ideas of things that you've heard people doing as to how we can support businesses do you maybe want to just share some of those thoughts with us yeah i just really felt that actually you know as christians sort of that we you know we are called to generosity and you know that's easy when when there's a lot but actually even when we well, there isn't as much actually that's the chance where we can really show sort of generosity and some ways that i know kind of people have done that is you know even simply just um having takeaway from local businesses maybe even more often than you would before um so that they continue to kind of actually receive business and can try and keep running um you know and and sort of yeah just i think when you're ordering or buying kind of services or items um just pause for that moment and think is there a small local kind of business that provide that even if it costs a little bit more um can you actually sort of stretch to buy it from them instead um or even you know if it's something that you routinely you know buy or get from someone can you pay it forward you know even if actually right now they can't provide that service you know cash flow is a massive thing for a small business um and can be the difference between them continuing as a company or a business when this is all over or having to fold and you know if you're able to even you know pay for something now that you may actually receive in a couple of months time that could be the difference for them making those payments this month or not yeah yeah it's brilliant i heard a story recently of someone doing that and she said that one of her clients said she didn't want to do it now but she would pay for a course that she would be doing in september if they needed the cash flow in the short term which i just thought was brilliant there's like such creative ways that we can actually if we're in a financial position to be able to help help people in the short term just get through some of this season and mm. um, do you maybe just want to share a couple of things we can be praying for as a church at this time yeah i think the the kind of obvious for all sort of small business and um self-employed people is just um sort of financial provision uh, whether it be through um increased revenue kind of work opportunities or whether it be kind of access to kind of support and funding um just you know god to kind of make make a way for each person sort of in that um but i think even even more than that and actually where i think you know most people can only look to god for is really a real peace and wisdom in this time that actually it you know it will be very stressful for people um, sort of not knowing the answers to a lot of those questions, but actually 
just God's peace to come over them um, and sort of wisdom just to how to navigate the storm um, just can be real the real difference of how this time kind of is experienced really as a as a positive or as a negative time yeah that's really good I know you were sharing with me earlier this evening how you've you've kind of found real peace that God's called you to start this business and you know he's going to provide and it's such a key message to be holding on to in times are tough isn't it that that God is faithful and then it's just going to be brilliant for us as a church to be praying into that so thanks so much for your time Phil and we're going to spend some time on Sunday as a church praying um so yeah thanks for being with us take care bye Thank you so much for sharing, Phil. It's so great to have an insight into what it's like for those of you who are self-employed or business owners in this season. Well, we'd love it if you would stand with us together as we pray for those who are self-employed or business owners. We'd love to pray for both financial provision for them and also for peace and wisdom as they navigate this season of the unknown. So this is your chance at home to stand together and pray. And then in a minute, I'm just going to lead us in prayer. Yeah, God, thank you that you are an amazing Father who is with us and knows us and knows exactly what we need. Yeah. Thank you that you say that you love to give us good gifts, yeah. that you are provider, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. So God, we just pray for all of those who are self-employed or business owners in the season. I just speak financial provision over them yeah. and I pray for peace and wisdom as they navigate the season of the unknown and the mystery. Yeah. God, I pray for provision beyond their, beyond their wildest dreams, Father. I pray that they would feel your Holy Spirit close to them. Yeah. Come and be with them, Father. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you're the God of all wisdom. And we just ask right now, wherever people are sitting watching this, that they would just know an impartation of heaven, yeah. heavenly wisdom to give them strategies for how to lead their businesses well in this season. We, we pray, God, for financial breakthroughs. I pray, God, for mysterious money to appear in bank accounts. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we pray for checks to come through the post. Lord Jesus, we just pray, God, would you be sovereign over this? Mm. Father, thank you that where you have led people into destiny and leading businesses and impacting the world around them, you're going to provide for all that you're, you're calling them too so god we just say would you provide for every circumstance mm. that they need spiritually physically and emotionally in the name of jesus god would you bless everyone watching lord god that this impacts we just we're looking forward to hearing the stories of breakthrough yeah. in the weeks the days the months to come of how god has been faithful how you father have provided for everyone involved thank you jesus amen well it's my joy this morning to be able to hand us over to paul johnson who is going to be sharing god's word with us today Hi everybody, I hope you're doing okay in lockdown. Uh, of course, one of the things about being in lockdown is that you realise things about yourself and maybe those that you live with in a new way. I think for me, I've come to the recognition that we are really dependent as a family on technology for communication and entertainment. It's actually reached the point now that I've watched so many YouTube videos, I've given up and bought Grammarly. Although on the plus side, I guess four weeks in, we're not doing too badly as a family. I remember reading once about how a nuclear submarine can remain submerged for up to a year before it needs to return to civilization. I reckon that given an adequate supply of instant chicken noodles and broadband, we could last maybe two years as a family. Scurvy, of course, might become an issue after a couple of months. 
The real downside would come if we lost broadband at any point. That changes the scenario. And under those circumstances, I'd give us maybe 20 minutes before civil unrest ensues. The other thing I'm learning about myself is that when a crisis hits, I dip into self-reliance mode very quickly. And I have to fight every urge in me to stockpile and to conserve and gather firewood. I wanted to dig a well in the garden, but Emma wouldn't let me. So instead, I've turned my energies to farming and I'm now growing our own vegetables. As you can see here, we're very nearly ready to bring in our first harvest of cress. So we're well on the way to being self-sufficient. The other thing I guess we're all learning at the moment is how we react to difficult times like this. And in particular, maybe the anxiety that can so often accompany it. The thing is, I want to do well in this season, in this crisis, uh, particularly when I see the heroism of frontline workers and all that they are going through. I want to come through full of faith and strength, but that's not always so easy to sustain, is it? I think for many of us, we watch the news, maybe the daily news briefings, and most of the time it's all right, until perhaps there's a personal account of how someone's being impacted. And maybe it reminds that us of our own circumstances. And in that moment, it's like a wave of anxiety can come over us, as if the rug is being pulled from us in those moments. So in our time today, what I want to do is I want to have a good look at the subject of anxiety, uh, particularly in times like these, how we handle it and what the Bible has got to say to us. Now, of course, it might well be that for you, anxiety isn't much of a problem. So perhaps today, in that case, it's going to be about giving you a better understanding of what others around you are going through. I want to spend a chunk of time looking at the issues and then look at the scripture that can support us and help us during these times. So we're going to start with the situation and then finish with the solution. If you're not a Christian here today, well, this is definitely for you because the Lord wants you to know that you don't have to live your life full of stress and anxiety, that he has security and peace available to you. And today I want to show you how you can access that. Um, the first thing I want us to realize is that psychologists would say there's a difference between distraction and avoidance, distraction and avoidance, because there is such a thing as healthy distraction that's important at times like these, because uh, basically, every day is full of dark news. Here's a summary of every news bulletin from the past two months. Here's the news. The news is today things are really bad and tomorrow they're going to be even worse. And now the weather. That's how it's been for each one of us. And we could spend up to eight hours a day with the, with the 24-hour news feed just filling our souls with negative stuff and depressing stuff. And then, if you like, spend the evening, sit down on your sofa and watch the movie Contagion that Netflix has just re-released. I wouldn't recommend you do that. We're not designed to deal with that level of bad news. It's a recipe for emotional overload. So we need to find healthy ways to distract ourselves. And in a sense, it doesn't matter too much what it is. It could be physical exercise, the latest TikTok dance crave, it could be baking or box sets, it doesn't matter. But the trouble comes when Healthy distraction goes way beyond that and dips into avoidance. You see, healthy distraction is meant to be a temporary means to manage our emotions, not a permanent solution to deny our emotions. 
And that dips at that point into avoidance, when the way that we face really difficult things is by not facing really difficult things. We avoid them, we push them away from ourselves. And this applies not just to coronavirus, but every negative thing that may have happened to us. We might try and, try and push away painful memories from childhood or career disappointment or relationship breakdowns. We just try and shove them out of the way. It could be anything. Think of it um, a bit like this. Um, this weight represents our anxiety. And the way many of us try to deal with our anxiety is to push it away from us, to put it out of our field of view so that we don't have to think about it. And instead, we try and think about other things. Uh, we may sit down and just chain movies. We might spend three hours playing Call of Duty. We might frantically clean the house. We could get obsessively into exercise. It could be any number of different things, open a bottle of wine or whatever, whatever it might be. But we try and push it away from us. But what I want us to realize today is that that action has consequences. The first one is this, it doesn't actually really deal with it because that emotion is still there, that anxiety still exists. And all we're doing is just pushing it to one side. We've still got that negative emotion, but what we don't have is actually any resolution or any solution. The second thing I want us to recognize, a consequence, is that there is a weight to that emotion. And just as I'm physically having to hold it, hold it up and keep it away from me, in the same way, we have to emotionally keep those negative emotions away. We have to keep them at arm's length. And that is, that's costly for us. And then, of course, we were also going to keep at arm's length people who might trigger these emotions in us or conversations that might trigger anxiety for us. We might shut people down or not want to talk about it. Some of us may have family members where you know there are some no-go zones that you're not allowed to talk about. Well, perhaps it's because they're wanting to push away all the negative emotions attached to that. So that's the, difficult, the difficulty with this. It doesn't actually resolve anything for us. So if that's something of the problem, well then what's the solution? Well, the good news is the Bible actually does the opposite. It encourages us to pull in those emotions and actually scrutinize them, to look at our anxiety, to look at the things that trouble us. Um, it says in Romans 4 that of Abraham that he honestly looked at his circumstances. He considers his and Sarah's bodies as good as de dead, that they couldn't conceive and yet didn't waver in faith. You see, honesty is a precursor to faith. And what we want to do is take the things that make us anxious or we're concerned about and then subject those things to the truths of Scripture. What I want us to realize this morning, the point I want us to really get hold of, is that for every single anxiety we face, there will be a corresponding promise from the Father that applies to that anxiety. So, for instance, maybe you're frightened of losing your job or income in these days. Well, Matthew 6 the Father has prepared an advance for you, which says that if he feeds the birds of the air, then he's going to feed you. If he clothes the lilies of the field, won't he also clothe you? There's a promise there for you. Or maybe it's around anxiety. Well, in that case, Deuteronomy 31 applies to you, where the Father promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. Those are promises that we can stand on and build our life around. Do you see, 
We don't have to keep things at arm's length anymore. We can pull them in close and actually properly deal with them, maybe even for the first time in our lives. Because we have promises that are solid ground for us to stand on. And any promise from the Father is superior to any anxious thought that we've got. You will find a corresponding anxiety for whatever it is that troubles you. Everything from hopelessness to exhaustion to money to loneliness. The Bible has got it all covered. But I also want to suggest to you this morning that it applies to perhaps the biggest anxiety of them all, the biggest fear that any one of us can carry. Perhaps the anxiety that trumps all other anxieties, and that is the fear of death. It's the ultimate statistic. And with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, we can't can't try and keep fear of death at arm's length because it's coming in closer in every news bulletin. The strategies that used to work for us in the past won't work for us any longer. But I want to suggest to you that the Father has a better plan for us than keeping at arm's length. He wants to help us actually deal with the things that trouble us. Now, there are loads of scriptures on this that we could look at, but just for the sake of time, we're just going to pull up one, and it's from 2 Corinthians 5. And what I love about this scripture is it doesn't just give reassurance about death, but also about the process of dying, because for some people, that's where their anxiety lies. The context is in chapter 4, Paul has been talking about many of the hardships that he has been through. He says, uh, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Here's a guy who knows what it is to face death on almost a daily basis. He's been through shipwrecks. He was beaten so badly one time that he was literally left for dead in the dust. Here's someone who knows what it is to face death. And he's telling us, here's how I view it. Here's how I view death. And he's going to help us with two images. One is the image of tents and houses, and the other is of old and new clothing. He says this in verse one, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Now I get it, whenever we start to talk about tents and camping, it's very much Marmite. Camping is one of those things you either love or you hate. I used to like it, uh, right up until one time I went on a church camp, you know, thousands of us camping in a field. And I've got to tell you, it was miserable. It rained the whole time we were there. It got so bad that one night I went to bed and uh, I lay down with my head on the pillow for the sleeping bag and uh, it rained all night. The next morning I woke up uh, on the floor of my tent and uh, I was really concerned because my head was to one side and my right eye, the vision was all blurry. I thought for one moment that I had a detached retina and then I realized, no, no, what had happened was the rain had come into the tent all night and I had been sleeping with half my face in a puddle. I tell you, experiences like that do tend to put you off camping. But even if you're one of those die-hard love camping kind of people, even you have got to realize and recognize that it's not meant to be a permanent solution. That camping, at best, living in a tent is meant to be temporary. And that's the point Paul is making here for us. He's saying our bodies are like the tents that we live in now. And they're subject to decay. You know, the canvas gets holes in it and the guy ropes go saggy. It's not meant to be a long-term solution. But tents are useful when you're traveling. 
in the same way, these bodies have been given to us for our journey through this life on planet Earth. But it's just a temporary arrangement. And he says we're torn because we belong somewhere else in heaven, but for now we're on temporary assignment here. And then he says this in verse 2, we grow weary in our present bodies. Some of us can identify with that. And we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Verse 4, we groan and sigh, ring any bells, uh, but it's, it's not that we want to die, rather we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. I just love that phrase. You see, Paul's not looking to die, neither are we, but he's longing for the new clothes that this new body will give him because this old body, it groans and it sighs. And one day we will have a permanent house, a home for our souls. Our real home is somewhere else. You see, when you die, whether it's from old age or a disease like this virus, the good news is it's not the end of the story. In fact, Paul gives us promises even in the, pro in the process of dying. He's used the tent to say the image of the old and the new, but he uses the clothing to say how this transition from death into life happens. In the Greek, uh, the word here for the process of death means to be overcoated, to be wrapped up. I kind of think of it like when my children were little, at bath time, at the end of the bath time, I'd get them to stand up and I would get one of the, our big bath towels and wrap them up in it. That's what the word kind of denotes. And so it's like a, a warm, snuggly covering and a hug all wrapped up in one. That's what it means to be overcoated with life. So Paul's promising you and I that death will be swallowed up by life. So when you put it all together and draw the strings together, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means that in the context, contest between life and death, life wins every single time. Your destiny is not about death slowly creeping up on you like the grim reaper but rather that life is chasing up with you and one day will overtake this body that's subject to decay. That death will be swallowed up by life. You will be overcoated with love and life, just like that child being lifted out of the bath. I want to reassure you, your destiny is not decay, but rather increasing life. And this body is just a vehicle for you to navigate your way through your time on planet Earth. And when this moth-eaten, saggy old tent finally gives up, you're gonna to go to sleep one more time, but when you wake up the next morning, you won't be in the tent, you'll be in the mansion that Paul is promising. And you'll live in this new body that won't ache and won't hurt and won't groan when it has to do press-ups. And it means, as a result, that you can take this anxiety, this fear of death, and you can look it full on in the eye and you can say, death, you're going to be eaten up by life. Death for the Christian is like a sandcastle in the face of an oncoming tide. It's gonna be swallowed up. For us, the oncoming tide is the love of God. And that means that our future is secure because Jesus has won it for us. That's what the cross was all about. And of course, once fear of death is broken, the biggie is dealt with, done and gone, I guess what else is there left to fear? 
You see, it frees us up. It frees us up to live differently, free from the need to accumulate, to protect ourselves or to guard a reputation. It means that we can live life free from those burdens. It's a message for another time, but I wonder if one of the things that God is doing in this season is that he is loosening our grip on all the things that we think we need that will rediscover simplicity and community and realize that the riches of our lives aren't bound up in the quantity of our stuff, but actually rather the quality of our relationships. And if this has spoken to you today, if you know that you want to leave behind anxiety, you want to subject it to the superior reality of God's love and life, I'd just love to close by praying for us. Um, so if wherever you are, whether you're in a bedroom or lounge or even sat outside, why don't you maybe just close your eyes to help you concentrate for a moment and I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you too if you feel like you don't know Jesus and want to make that step to encounter him. So let's just pray together. Father, I want to thank you that you died and rose again that we might have eternal life, that you have died that we might be delivered from our sins and come into relationship with you. And I pray right now for every person who would say that they don't know you. Just, if that's you, just in your heart, just say yes to God. Say yes to him. And that, Father, that you would provide them a safe port in this storm that's raging right now. That you would bring them into relationship with you. So if that's you, just say, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life. But for those of us who would say that we do know the Lord, well, let me just declare some of these truths over you. I declare over you that death has been swallowed up by life. So fear of death has no more place. I declare that perfect love casts out fear, that we are perfectly and eternally loved. And that because Jesus has conquered sin and death, fear of death no longer has any place in our lives. So fear of death, I command you to go now in the name of Jesus, never to return. And Father, I pray for each one of us now that we would operate as agents of your kingdom, um, unshackled from fear, full of hope and faith and expectancy that you would use us powerfully and that you, our light would shine even in these dark times, especially because of these dark times, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to receive prayer at all today, we've got an online hosting team who would love to privately pray with you. You can just click the button for that. Similarly, if you've responded for the, for the first time to come to know Jesus, you want to enter into the peace that he has won for you, click the button and people there can help guide you through and help you on the first steps in your relationship with Jesus. And lastly, also to say that you can access via the screen there, um, Zoom, uh, coffee and chat times with other people because you might just want to hang out with other people after today's meeting so all of that is available to you but I'm going to say goodbye for now and we look forward to seeing you next week I hope you have a great week <music>